Mariota gives it to Henry. Henry bounces it outside. 5, 10, 15, stiff arm, 20, 25, 30, 40, stiff arm, 50, 40, 30. He's on his feet. Big chase, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Titans, 99 yards. The longest run in franchise history. I don't even need to tell you what that was. You know exactly what that was. Coming back with Ludacris because Mike Keith lets us him on the way to the games. Indeed. Saffold is our celebrity DJ today. I bet you he's fine with this one being added. 100%. This is the one that we add each week as we bring in Mike Keith, voice of the Tennessee Titans. Mike, how are you this morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, you know, there was a loss on Sunday, and then the Jags come up, and I was looking at the updated AFC playoff standards, and you might be surprised to know that Jacksonville's 15th right now (laughs) in the AFC, but it's still a game that the Titans have to go win, and since it's in division, maybe Titans fans are sweating just a little bit? Should be. It's Jacksonville week, Mm -hmm. and... There have been instances where we have beaten them and we had no business doing so. And there have been instances where they have beaten us and they had no business doing so. You'll remember the game uh, in 2016 down there uh, where they broke Marcus Mariota's leg and we had to win it to go to the playoffs. And they had absolutely nothing to play for with an interim coach and they dragged us up and down the field all afternoon. I mean, a total collapse and a, and a performance for them where they looked like one of the Steelers teams from the 70s. Huh. So it, it's just a goofy thing between the two of us. There are games like this in the NFL, like college, where there's a bit of a rivalry aspect. And people from outside of here may not know about that because – And I had to explain this once to Rich Eisen. He was doing a Thursday night game in Jacksonville, and he was complaining emphatically that he he had to be there. And I said, listen, I said, you're going to see a good football game because these two teams will go at each other. And they always do. And it turned out it was another really good game. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, you get where they are and you get where we are, but you also understand that we've got this thing this Tennessee-Jacksonville thing, and it always comes up. Very rarely are these games runaways when you expect them to be. 102 yards, 16 carries, 6.4 yards per attempt, and a touchdown for James Robinson the first time around. The undrafted Illinois State running back, who's, I think, third in the league Mm -hmm. right now in rushing, that's where it's got to start, right? I know you usually start with the quarterback, but I mean, it's Glennon and it's a fascinating thing going on with him and Minshew and that coaching staff right now. But Robinson's kind of the guy that you have to go in gearing to stop. Kind of similar. You have to look to try and stop Derrick Henry on Sunday if you're Jacksonville. 100% correct. Really nice player. He's 5'9, 219. He probably runs in the four sixes. So, you know, he was not going to win any competition in terms of a workout or a combine or whatever. All he is is a good football player. Mm-hmm. And, one, you know, it's, and sometimes the, the best-looking athletes are not the best football players. Football players come in all shapes and sizes, and this guy's a football player. The other part of him, too, at Illinois State that was so funny is there were all these questions about him in the passing game. Could he catch? 
could he could he make things happen in the passing game? Well, as Coach Mack pointed out, we were discussing it yesterday at practice. If they don't throw it to you, how do you ever know if a guy can catch? Yeah. Well, so this year they've thrown it to him in Jacksonville, and he has 42 catches. So, you know, all of the things that people delve into, well, there are questions. You know, he's 5'9", so he's not tall. Well, yeah, he that's it, right? I mean, yeah. that's – I mean, it is what it is. The guy can play, and he ate us up the first time. He he really did a nice job. And if we if we want to win this football game, we've got to slow James Robinson down. You know, Mike, you said something that warmed my heart a little bit right there. Okay, you say you know sometimes the best looking football players aren't usually sometimes the best football oh, player. Good lord! You know what? That me being a guy that played O line, okay, definitely not the best looking. They football might players. say. But they might say we might not look like some of the best, but we play good ball, too. So I appreciate you saying that, okay, Mike? I just needed to get that out, if that's okay with you. You're very welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> so, so looking at this team, though, as you said, this is, a, a, this is a divisional game between the Titans and the Jags, okay? And just looking at their, their, their log of just a summary of their games, they haven't just been beaten bad. The Steelers game was 3 to 27, the Browns game 27-25, the last week was 27-24. And just the rest of the season in a sense they played the Texans divisional game also 27 uh 27-25 again, that's weird. Um and then the Packers 24-20. That's a really good team also. I mean, this isn't a laydown type of game. There I mean no. the Titans, I know Jacksonville's more northern in the sense of weather, but they're going to warmer weather. You got to hope dehydration is not an issue, regardless of whatever's going on. So the the the, the guys got to have their minds right going into uh, Jacksonville this weekend. Hundred uh, percent, because what, here's where Jacksonville is, Ramon. They they had some guys on their football team three four years ago, really good players, but a lot of those guys couldn't get along. And, you know, they they had some, as Frank Frangie, my colleague in Jacksonville, said, they, they had some locker room concerns. Well, all that's gone. They, they've cleared all that out. They're the youngest team in the league. They have some fundamental core players who can really play. Now, they're down right now in numbers because they've had more injuries than anybody in the league. Yeah. So they're hurting in that way. But Doug Marone's really a good coach, and, and everybody has known that for years. He's had them playing. They're not making mistakes the way they were earlier in the year, and they're, they're just showing up and giving an incredible effort. They played Cleveland better than we did, you know? I mean, yeah. they, were, they were in that ball game more than we were. Um, you know, so you you have to understand these things up front yeah. in getting who they are. I'm not dismissing that the Titans are a favorite in this game. I'm not dismissing Jacksonville's record. I'm not trying to 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 puff them right. up more than what they are. But they, I'll tell you this: they are not a team playing out the string. Yeah. They are not a team that's quit. They're not a team that's fighting one another. They're not a team that's poorly coached. And that's what the Titans have to make sure that they're ready for. They're going to get a fight. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I looked at a quote from uh, Doug Marone that said he said something. Of course, you're talking about they're getting some of the guys out of that uh, locker room, you know, to change the culture around. And one in eleven right now is just the side effects of that. But one of those guys they're most proud of is Dwayne Smoot, the D tackle, mm-hmm. and he's the guy last week that came off with three sacks in this uh, Vikings game. 
I mean, two sacks in the Vikings game. And something that popped out to me in the last game against Cleveland was Sheldon Richardson versus Nate Davis. Um, that's a matchup that I got to keep my eye on simply because whatever Sheldon Richardson did this past week, I'm sure, uh, the, the Wayne Smoot is definitely going to try that to where this old line is, I mean, this old line's got his hands full and trying to protect them because the defense isn't as bad. They just don't do a lot of good things. It's, it's the way I look at it. Well, I don't know that they have the size that Cleveland did. You know, Cleveland's better in that front seven than what they're given credit for. And when you say that, people think you're talking about, well, you're talking about Miles Garrett. Right. It's like Ogan Joby's a good player. Mm-hmm. Richardson's a good player. Vernon has found his game again. So, yeah, I mean, they, they did some good things up front, particularly in the first half of the ball game, getting us off the field. Our offensive line has got to be more in sync. Yeah, They've got to be more consistent. And Smoot, at four and a half sacks on the year, nice player. Mm-hmm. Nice player playing well in a system. The other thing, too, is Schobert and Miles Jack at linebacker having nice years for them as well. Explain this one to me, Mike, or maybe don't explain it, but just, I mean, you, you, you have to keep winning because of how tight the AFC stuff is, but you look at the rest of the schedule. Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson. Those are three mm-hmm. pretty doggone good quarterbacks. How frightened are you, or how frightened should you be if you're a Titans fan, just with the secondary that's had a real propensity of making quarterbacks look awfully good, just like they did with Baker Mayfield, especially when the guys we already know, the guys I just listed, are all very good? Well, we got to get more pass rush, and we got to make sure that our linebackers are doing what they're supposed to do in coverage as well. Uh, the communications act, uh, activity in the secondary is a big part of it. You can't let guys be running free, but I think it takes everything. And we had seen better in the two games prior. We had seen them doing some things better, being a functioning defense in terms of where they were supposed to be, getting some pressure here and there. The linebackers, okay, guy catches a pass, but you tackle him short of the sticks, things of that sort. First half of the Cleveland game, we reverted back to the worst of of what we had been this year. And you've got to hope that that's a bump in the road, that the improvement that we had been seeing comes back and takes over because that is the key defensively to the rest of our December Mm -hmm. due to the quarterbacks that we're going to face. It it truly is going to take all 11 because people have attacked us in so many different ways to take advantage of the different issues that we've had at points. That group has to improve over the last quarter of the season for us to be as good as we possibly can be. We've got to hold people under 50% on third downs. I would say under 40% would be a gift. Mm -hmm. And the other thing we've got to do too, is we've got to be better in red zone defense. Yeah, You know, that that's an area if, if we could improve any statistic dramatically on defense in the month of December, uh, I think red zone defense is right at the top of the list because if we can make people kick field goals or kick at field goals, we've got a chance to, to win a lot of games because I think we're going to score touchdowns. Yeah. That's who our offense is. 
Um, on the same side of the ball, it seems to to us, and uh, just looking at it, the injury report, the, the cornerback and DB position is starting to take a little bit of an injury bug, like a little hit mm-hmm. going forward, man. Is there anything that we we need to be looking forward to with somebody stepping up? I know Breon Borders is down this week, it seems, unless he practices to today and, and show signs of it. Dory is still limited the last two days, and I think they're honestly just trying to see how he reacts, his body reacts to a workload right. of going through stuff. So is there there's something we need to be looking forward to this weekend as far as them being able to disguise some stuff because the last game Baker and and his crew kind of exposed some stuff and that you know uh more than anything it's a copycat league and they're going to try to attack sure. the same way. Well, there're no secrets now. Yeah. You know, it, we're, we're 12 games into this thing. I mean, we are who we are and they know what we do and <clears throat> excuse me, they know what we do offensively. And they know what we do defensively. So, yeah, it's a copycat league. They're going to go at us the same way. Uh, I think getting getting Ty Smith back and healthy gives us some depth. Uh, getting Chris Jackson off the COVID list is a big deal. But, you know, we got who we got right now. You know, we're going to take a big game from Malcolm Butler, uh, need our safeties to make some plays. Obviously, Amani Hooker plays in the sub packages and does a good job. You know, this this is where we are at this point. I, I think Desmond King is an important player in this game because they've got a couple guys who do some pretty good things in the slot, and we need Desmond King to be able to to stop them from that nickel spot. Yeah, and also the the conversation to be had also, <clears throat> um, Mike, and if we've we've kind of had a, a a day with it a little bit. I knew, I knew this. Was, I knew this was coming. I mean, we have to ask this question. We have to talk about. But it. at some point, though, I think we all thought that Isaiah would be in the starting lineup right now. Um, in a sense of just team feel, um, emotions for him and just <laughs> expectations for himself. Also, where is that situation at as a whole? Just. You know what? Put it as a pause or it's like a, a record where you just put it back in the crate for a little while and come back to it later. I think you're hitting pause here. Okay. And I, I think you're hitting pause for the young man and you're understanding that some things have to be situated for him to be able to go forward, not just as a as a professional football player. And that's the key in all of this. Yeah. And, and you've seen it too, Ramon. Yeah. A, a lot of guys don't get that they are professional football players and that this is a job. So that's important. But more important is him as a human being. Mm-hmm. And the, this experience can be overwhelming for a lot of young guys. When we took him, and I, and I said this on the night we drafted him, and I, I keep repeating this, he had two more years at Georgia. Wow. 21 years old, coming into a different situation, I thought it was entirely possible this was a redshirt year for him anyway. Mm -hmm. Because the the feeling in drafting him where they did is that you would never be able to get his talent in 2021 at number 29 where they took him last spring. But that it was going to be a building process and that it was going to take some time. Because he was a player at Georgia who who clearly still needed to grow, but gifts wise, oh my goodness! I mean, the the good Lord didn't hand out size to every person who walked in the room. I, I mean, when you see him, he is big on offense, like Jeffrey Simmons is on defense. He's yeah. just a, a different sort of dude. Now, the the problem, obviously, 
from the football perspective is you had hoped there would be development in this year. And that's, that's largely not gone the way anybody hoped it would. And it wasn't the red shirt that it would be so that you would go into 2021 and say, this player is ready to take this step because of what we saw last year. We don't know. We're, we're probably not going to know, but I think it's very important to hit the pause button with him and for him to do what he needs to do to get things straight, for him to realize the importance of this moment, both personally and professionally, and that the Titans are supporting it. But I, I thought what Mike Vrabel said was so important. Love isn't all hugs and kisses. And and that's, a, that's an important thing in all of this is the team still has to function. And life will go on without any player. But I think he still has an opportunity to get things right. He's got to get things right with Isaiah Wilson right now. That's what's most important. And then let's take the football stuff from there. So, I mean, he, you know, he's 21. And so I, I remember I made a bunch of really dumb decisions yeah. when I was 21 years old. I didn't have this much riding on the decisions that I was making. So he's on one side of the scale. Corey Davis is on the other. Uh, one, mm -hmm. the, the poll question we asked yesterday was, look, I mean, with the, with the salary cap and trying to figure out what exactly is going to happen there and everybody, every team has these decisions that they're going to make, maybe more so than they ever have had to. You got Johnu, you got Jayon Brown, you got some guys that you want to bring back, but has anybody done more for his own future stock, whether here or elsewhere than 84 has in a Titans uniform this year? I don't think so. I mean, he's done great, but. The internal view of him has not really changed because they have seen this out of him. And, and let's face it, we didn't know he was hurt last year. You know, it wasn't really publicized, but he's still out there, still doing what he needs to do. And internally, he has continued to win people, win players, win coaches, win personnel. It's like, Honestly, Jason, the things that are happening for him now on the field are a reflection of all that he has put into it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and everybody is very happy for him. Uh, again, speaking as a person first and not just a professional football player, he has been a professional football player his whole time, no matter what his situation was. He's a great example of that. And now for him, to, to have this happen, everybody is extremely happy for him due to the fact that he has done the work. And you love it when a person who has done the work gets rewarded. And uh, again, people in the organization have been, I won't say defensive, but have certainly always been positive about him. You know, you've heard the coaches talk about him positively and and, and everybody, his teammates have talked about him positively. You see when he scores how happy guys are mm -hmm. for him? Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. You know, the, 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 the guys love him because mm -hmm. they know him and they know what he means. And so to see the public feeling this way is awesome. Do you because think, it's, it's validation for, for what he has put in. Before we let you go, do you think that – there are teams around this league that see him as a one, or we had this discussion about him. We've had it a couple of different times about how a lot of the great teams, a lot of the teams that are really taking the next step have a one and a two. They have a two-headed attack at wide receiver, and maybe A.J. is your alpha dog, but Corey's a perfect complement to that. Do you think that there are teams, though, that value him 
to the extent of being their guy, and that might be the thing that that becomes a breaking point. I think Corey's a one. I think we see. I think we have two ones, which I, I love. I mean, I go back to to Jacksonville in the day, and you guys might not be old enough to remember Smith and McCardell, who were the two. And that yeah. was when we would when we would prepare to play Jacksonville. It would be well, Smith's the one. Well, no, really, McCardell's the one, and it would go on and on and on. Why can't you do that? And I, I, that's how we look right now, which is why we're fifth in the league in total offense. We're fourth in red zone. We're averaging 29-9 a game. Is We've got a lot of guys who play as a one. Derrick Henry is certainly a one. Uh, John o. Smith, when he's healthy, is a one-type tight end. He's got seven touchdown catches and eight touchdowns overall. That's an exciting thing. So, I, yeah, I think Corey – and I think we see that, you know, Corey and AJ are both ones. And to Tannehill, he has that Mark Brunel mindset from the 90s that Smith and McCardell are both the lead dogs. And when you have that and you're being and you're willing to distribute the ball in that way, that makes you pretty dangerous as an offense. So who should Jacksonville be starting at quarterback on Sunday, Mike? Because our poll question has four <laughs> choices. You can select between Mark Brunel, David Garrard, Byron Leftwich, or Mike Glennon. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting poll question. <laughs> um, well, the only one who's available is Mike Glennon. Damn. So... Uh, you know, they're starting Mike Glennon because they feel like Mike Glennon is not going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's going to get them into the right plays. He's going to take care of the ball. He's going to do, you know, do those sorts of things to extend their offense the right way. The, the feeling that I get is that Gar- they felt like Garner Menchu's improv- improvising, I'll just say that, yeah. his improvising sort of took them in directions where they didn't want to go to get them off schedule. I, I, st- I mean, Minchu is the number two. There's just part of me in my heart that feels like we're going to see Minchu at some point in this game anyway. And he's played great against us twice, so we would prefer he wears a, a very sharp hat <laughs> and uh, has an excellent clipboard. Mm, well, um, that's the I don't want to see him. Uh, Mark, 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 Mark Brunel is the correct answer. Correct. <laughs> Mark Brunel was the best, and, and he always played well against us, and we, you know, we had some real big-time battles with Mark Brunel. Well, let's go get the W on Sunday, That's Mike. Indeed. This is one you've got to have. I mean, you've got to have them all, especially with how close a lot of these AFC teams are playing, but the, this is one where you need to go down there and show that you are ready to not just win the games you're supposed to, but really keep pace and get yourself ready for this last three games. Yeah, I mean, you just got to go do it. That's what it comes down to is you just, you know, when you get on the bus at 4.30 Eastern time, you've got to be 9-4. and four. Mm-hmm. No matter no matter how you get there, you just have to be 9-4 and four when you leave the stadium on Sunday afternoon. We appreciate it, Mike. Appreciate Absolutely. it, man. Okay, you. guys. See you. That's Mike Heath, voice of the Tennessee Titans. He, he didn't know what to do. He chuckled a little bit, and he's like, that's quite a question. <laughs> Only one available is Mike Glennon. Are we sure about that? I don't know what Mike, I don't know what Mark Brunel's doing. He might be out there slinging it like Uncle Rico. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, Leftwich is backing up Tom Brady right now. It's that's exactly right. Basically. Exactly right. 615-737-1045. Back in a moment. 1045 The Zone.